Welcome to the one-on-one with one and only sports podcast. I'm your host, Theo Wan. Every person has a story to tell, and this podcast hopes to give an opportunity for those in the sport world to share their unique story. Each week, I interview a new guest to come on the show, and we talk about how they got to where they are in the sport world, what their daily life looks like, some misconceptions people have about their role, and we end with a fun rapid-fire segment to close the episode. If that sounds like something for you, please don't hesitate to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. New episodes come out every Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Beyond the Game. Ever wonder what your life will be like after sport? Check out Beyond the Game, an organization dedicated to elevating the vision of athletes through the connection of sport to what's next. Their aim is to create better athletes, stronger leaders, tighter teams, and most importantly, more enlightened people. Through research-based workshops, team seminars, keynote speaking, and one-on-one coaching, they guide people through some of the difficult transitions in sport and life. Follow their journey on Facebook and LinkedIn at Beyond the Game, on Instagram at Beyond underscore the Game, and on their website, gobeyondthegame.ca. Now with all that done, let's go. Welcome to episode 17 of the podcast. Today's guest is Vanessa Varga. Vanessa is an account executive for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, where she works with season ticket members across the Toronto Maple Leafs, Toronto Raptors, and Toronto FC. She has been with MLSE for four years. Prior to working with MLSE, she attended Brock University and completed her degree in sports management. Here is my interview with Vanessa Varga. All right, I'm here with Vanessa Varga. Vanessa, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Excited to hear your story about working for a major sports organization. So uh, how are you doing uh, this sunny afternoon? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm great. Just, you know, working from home. So a new experience here, but excited to talk to you. That's awesome. We're going to move right into segment one here, your journey. So can you tell the audience how you got to where you are working as an account executive for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment? Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a long story here. It kind of goes all the way back to being at Brock University and uh, going to a lot of networking events and meeting people. And, you know, originally when I was doing that, I didn't see how it would help me or didn't see the importance. But when I was in my fourth year, we went and everyone gets to do your internship. So I applied to MLSC, I applied to Rogers, I applied to a bunch of different places. And I actually got in with Rogers Media and their creative services team there. So I worked on the media side because I never got a chance to take the media course at Brock. It just wasn't offered in my fourth year. And then when I got a news from MLSC that they actually wanted to bring me in for an interview for the internship, I've already accepted at Rogers. So I had to politely turn them down, although it was my dream place to work and it was really hard. But just something I've always been taught since I was little is to kind of stick to your commitments. So I committed to Rogers and I did that great internship and I learned a lot from there. But while I was doing that, internships aren't paid. So I was looking for a part-time job. I actually started at Budweiser Stage now, used to be in Molson Amphitheater. Great summer job. Honestly, I suggest it to everyone and anyone. You get to listen to music and just have a great time while you're working. But I met a lot of people there and just with chatting with them, a lot of the same staff worked over at MLSC in their part-time games crew or concessions, ushers, everything like that. So I kind of got a reference from one of my managers there 
and applied over at MLSE for an usher position. And when I went for that, they kind of moved me into the Swedes concierge position. So that's kind of where I began at MLSE. And being in the suites level, you see a lot of executives, a lot of high corporate people. So always just trying to put like my best game face on. I knew MLSE is where I wanted to be. So just, you know, saying hi to the right people and showing them I was invested in what I was doing. And then I saw a lot of different executives that had come to Brock previously and I had spoken to them at different networking events and just making that connection and they were Brock alumni as well. So bringing that up in conversation. So my name was around the company at that point. So I had an awesome supervisor when I was in my concierge role with MLSE and the part-time staff. And she really understood what my intentions were being in the company and where I wanted to go. So she really pushed me to put myself out there. And at MLSE, we have Workplace, which is kind of like a Facebook. And weekly, I would post a little blog about It was called Believe It or Not, and I would just kind of update the other members of my company on what was going on with the Leafs because we also serve the Raptors in Toronto FC, so not everyone knew everything in regards to stats and what was going on with players and whatever it might be. And so a lot of different people saw that as well, and I was getting great feedback and even walking through the building, random people would walk up to me and just be like, hey, are you the girl that posts on Believe It or Not? And I was like... Yeah, it was strange getting that attention, but it was it was awesome. And then at that time, so I was interning, working at MLSE part-time. I was also doing an energy exchange at a yoga studio so I could get free yoga because uh, no inter- internship, no money, that kind of thing. It, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and still getting my fitness in, which is awesome. But... I talked to the owners there. They were like this great couple that's just started this yoga studio and ends up that the owner is best friends with one of the managers at MLSC. So things were just like clicking in the right way and really unexpected, to be honest. And she kind of wrote an email, introed me to one of the managers there. I kind of had to sit down and plan to sit down and meet with them. No intentions of... There was no job posted or anything like that. It was just talk about the business, see what the culture is like at MLSE and ensure that's exactly what I wanted to do, even though in the back of my mind, I knew it was. So I met with one of the managers there who, after our meeting, she kind of sent me an email and said, I think there's another person that you should meet within our company. And I know that it's very entry level position, but it's kind of where most people start at MLSE if you want to get into the corporate world and he was actually just starting hiring. So it was something I was like, okay, let me look into it. Kind of read over the job description and wasn't really intrigued, but I still wanted to meet with the manager and just talk a little bit more about it. And at that point, they had actually stopped interviews. But after our meeting, it just went really well. And he just extended an offer. He's like, you know what, we're going to do one more group interview. If you want to join that, it's in one day. Feel free to come. And I was just like, okay, I guess this is my opportunity and like just jump on it. So yeah, I went for that interview and that's when I kind of started on our account management team. So under the membership ticket and sales team. So I was an account specialist and that team kind of takes care of all of our upper bowl season ticket holders across the Leafs, Raptors and Toronto FC. 
And from there, that was uh, technically a part-time job, but full-time hours. I just kind of really grinded. I knew what my job description was and what I needed to do and kind of made sure we have a, a kind of like a dashboard that ranks, you know, your progress and what needs to be done. So I just kind of worked hard there and then started thinking about things I could do outside of work to improve the certain tasks that we had, just to kind of put myself above some others. And then a contract position came up and I applied for that. And luckily, I got that. The first time actually around, there was a full-time position I didn't get. And it was really hard, but it was I was only there for a couple of months. So I didn't have, I guess, I didn't have the best expectations of getting it, but it still it still kind of stung. But it was great learning, understanding how the interview process goes and what I can improve on and what I needed to work on to make sure that I could get to that next step. So yeah, then I moved over to that contract. And then within three months of that contract, uh, they promoted me to full time. And that's kind of where I am now. So I'm account executive, I take care of Leafs, Raptors, and TFC season ticket holders. And these would be our lower bowl season ticket holders. Thanks for uh, sharing that. I know just a snippet of how you got to where you are. But let's uh, backtrack a little bit to a little bit earlier in your journey. You talked about the part-time work uh, with MLSE. So when you first started that, did you know that that was going to lead to something else or kind of just had a plan and you stuck to it? Is that something you would recommend for other people to do? I mean, I didn't necessarily know where it was going. I knew I wanted to be there and I knew I was going to be around people that work in the company. So I wanted to put my best foot forward. I never thought, I, I don't even know why, I never even thought it was a job to work as an usher or like concession or concierge. Like it was never like, oh, I can apply for that. It was when other people told me, you know, that they kind of worked there that went over there. But yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like anywhere you can get your foot in the door and, you know, start showing the kind of work ethic you have, it doesn't matter how small or what job it is or what what the task is, but just showing that, you know, you are putting in the effort to do it and you want to be there. And yeah. <laughs> you never know what can happen. So you talked a little bit earlier about some people that really influenced you on your journey, including your supervisor at MLSE uh, in the concierge department, as well as the owners of the yoga studio. Is there anyone else you want to give a shout out to that really helped you on your journey? Some professors or some peers that really helped you get to where you are? Yeah, for sure. Back to school, there was definitely a few professors that I was really close with. So 100%. I mean, they were so open, so willing to help me. And I think that's like a, a huge thing is you have to be willing to go to your professors. They, they're they there because they want to help you. A lot of them provided me with opportunities for internships, for different events and programs that I could help on just to add to my resume. So when I was leaving university, I had things to talk about and, you know, real life experience already. So yeah, I definitely suggest speaking with your professor, seeing if there's ever extra things you can do if, if that's, you know, if that's the type of person you are and, and you're looking to be in the sports world, you need a competitive advantage, that's for sure. So yeah, definitely, if you ever went to Brock's Sport Management, Chris Chard and Christy Spence, shout out to them, amazing props. Big shout outs. And in terms of the skills you had to develop to kind of get to where you are, we're going to get to segment two, which you're going to talk a little bit more about your job and, and what you do. But what are some skills you feel like you developed in some of these, what some people might see as like some minimal part-time roles 
What did you kind of develop there that helped you get to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So different jobs, every everything has its different skills that you pick up. I mean, when I was working at Budweiser Stage, there was a huge community and teamwork that was required. Um, we were kind of scattered all over the building and, you know, relying on radio to keep each other updated on how to help each other. So just really communication was something that was huge. I've always been a pretty shy person and this is something, even this podcast is something I wouldn't do a year ago. And I think communication is key and just being able to properly and effectively communicate what you need to say or what you need to be done. So that's definitely like a small skill, but it's something that's been really important for me. On the concierge side as well, and it's just being on time. We have games that start at a certain time. We need to be there two and a half hours before because our sweet holders come in at that time. We need to be able to greet them. We need to be able to create a great experience for each and every single person. So also with that is putting on your game day face and no matter what you're going through, you know, leaving it at the door because your mood, your attitude, it reflects onto other people, right? You don't want to uh, let a, a bad day for you affect the others around you, especially understanding that some of these people coming to games, it's their one time in four years because we know how hard and expensive it is to come to, especially a Leafs game. So those are definitely things is trying not to show your emotion in terms of negativity and like being able to leave your side stuff at the door. I think those are two like really important things, but obviously you kind of just with a job, you kind of learn time management, you learn, you know, your ability to work with others and different personalities like that's Im that's important whatever job you're going to be in, there's many different personalities. And it's just understanding how you come off to different people and working to adapt to make sure everyone feels comfortable. Sounds good. And we're going to move to our last question here of segment one. For those who potentially are just graduating from a sport management program, or those who might want to switch careers, like kind of what I've done into getting into the sport industry, specifically, uh, what are some tips and advice you would give them? Yeah, kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but networking is huge. I I don't think anyone, when you're first told, you're always told, go networking, network. And you're like, okay, like, do you really do it? What does that actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do it properly? I really looked at it the same way. And now I just, I wish I took more chances and more opportunities to network with people. Just, and you know what? It's not about hey, like, remember me when you have a job open, it's genuinely building relationships, understanding what people do and letting them get to know you for your personality. I know, even in at MLSC, the when we hire, we're not looking always at just credentials, it's the person and you know, we want to fit with our culture. So really letting people know your your personality is important. And, you know, if people know what your goals are, maybe they think of you in the future. And those are all things that have kind of happened for me without even properly or actively networking. So imagine if you were. <laughs> There's, yeah, it's awesome. Networking is big. And uh, so we're going to move to segment two here, day-to-day -day life. I know we're recording this. We're keeping our fingers crossed and hoping that it's towards the tail end here of COVID. But uh, your life has obviously changed both for your company and the teams that you work for and the leagues that they're in. 
but also for you kind of working from home now. So can you talk about, about daily life right now working from home and then what life would have been normally kind of year-round for you as an account executive? I mean, right now, things are definitely changed. I mean, Toronto is a hub city for NHL teams. We have other people in our locker rooms. It's weird. Things have definitely changed. We've been home since the beginning. Luckily, we're able to work from home in order to service our members and keep in touch. But right now, we've moved from, you know, meeting people in person to sending video messages and checking in with people in different and unique and creative ways, just to make sure we're still in touch and understand everyone's going through different circumstances and different things with everything that's going on in the world. So being really adaptable there. Yeah, my regular day now is no more commuting. So that's great. No more fighting for a parking spot at the GO train. And how far do you live from uh, from downtown Toronto there? Well, I'm in Etobicoke. It's like one stop away, but back at the family home for now. Just a little bit more space and not having to go in elevators. So that's nice. Back when we were in the office, obviously things were a lot different. We're there for the buzz of the games in the building. Our offices are connected right to the building, so you can he hear everything. And we're hosting, we have events, and getting to be at games and meeting our members and just interacting with them is definitely something I miss. I mean, my favorite part of the job is the social part. Being at games is something that I know we all kind of miss. And watching it on TV is very different. But yeah, on our day to day where, you know, it's the same in terms of servicing our members, keeping in touch, making sure that they're getting the best experiences possible. We're looking for some future things, which will be really cool. Obviously, in a virtual world, we have to adapt to that. So how we can continue to keep our, our members engaged, make sure we're keeping in touch and making sure that we're giving them everything that they need at this time. We talked a little bit off air about this, but can you share uh, in terms of what specifically you do in the ticket and sales? Uh, you talked about a little bit about how it's sales and service. So you're a little bit more on the service side. So can you talk about what that means uh, for your role? For sure. Yeah, so we kind of have a sales and service side. On the service side, which is um, my role, I am looking over a book of business across Leafs, Raptors, and TFC, as mentioned before. But I'm just kind of making sure that these members have everything that they need. I'm kind of their go-to for, you know, payments, events, concerts, anything they kind of need access for. Um, I'm their go-to person. But a lot of these members have been become my good friends as well. So we just kind of ch just chat sometimes, which is awesome as well. But yeah, I'm kind of making sure they're invited to all these kinds of cool events that we have, keeping them updated on anything that's coming up, taking their feedback as well, because they kind of know what's going on. They know what they want. So taking their feedback on, you know, different gifting ideas and things like that. But yeah, on the service side, we, we're just maintaining these relationships and making sure that your membership with MLSC is the best it can be. So in terms of the accounts, can you share, first of all, how many that you have to manage? And also, how do you keep track of all these different accounts? Obviously, different personalities, different backgrounds, and things like that. So how do you keep that all in track? Because you got to kind of message and, and be maintaining all those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a variety of, of different numbers of books, just depending on, 
your exact role, but it can be anywhere from like, let's say 300 to 600, again, depending on your role. But there's a lot of people in there that, you know, they don't need a service rep. They've been with us for so long. It's it's more of if they have, you know, one or two questions, they'll reach out, but they're kind of self-served. And then there we have our new season ticket holders that come on and, you know, they want to find out everything about it. So you want to make sure you're engaging with them and make sure they understand and know who to go to and what's going on and how to keep them involved. But I keep a lot of notes on everyone. It's important for me to to know what people want, to understand like their personalities, to understand, you know, why they have their tickets. Are they a business? Are they a family that's coming out? When are their, their kids' birthdays? I want to make sure that I can service them the best as I can when I know they're in the building or if there's certain events that would tailor to, to them. So in terms of uh, if someone's listening and they say to themselves, hey, I want to eventually be a season take hold for the Leafs or Raptors, are they going to have to wait like a very long time? Is that not something that they're going to be able to achieve potentially in their lifetime? Because I heard the lines are very long. Yeah, well, there's there's always ways around things, but absolutely. I mean, our Leafs wait list at this point is like 50 plus years. I think I've been on there since 2004, whenever my dad signed me up and knew I loved hockey. So you've been waiting for a while. You might not see it in your lifetime is what you're telling me. Exactly. Pass it down to the kids and grandkids. But we do have like a PSL marketplace where people can post their license seats for sale. People own the license to their seats. They can sell off their memberships that way. Definitely a little bit more costly, but it, it is available there. I mean, our Leafs and our Raptors now with within the last five years obviously have improved crazily and everyone wants to be a part of a championship team. So we definitely have a huge wait list there as well, but I would say that one's probably a three to five year wait list at this point. But yeah, there there's always opportunities. I mean, we have lots of game day um, kind of packages and seat releases, and there's a lot of ways we can get you to the game. <laughs> and will they? Will do you think the the Raptors wait list will ever catch up to the fifty year wait list that the Leafs has, or is that not something you don't think it will get there? I don't know. Back to back champs. Maybe, maybe that will spurn uh, some more seats there. But uh, in terms of your day-to-day, can you talk a little bit about what it's like kind of, if COVID didn't happen, this would be the off-season right now. So in terms of the off-season, what does it look like as an account exec? And then what does it look like sort of in-season and then maybe uh, for playoffs? We have no off-season. This would be TFC time. There you go. That's true. (laughs) But a a lot less games there, obviously, but it's nice in the summer to be at BMO Field outside. It's great. So we're kind of doing the same things there and and just getting ready for next season in terms of for Leafs and Raptors. The schedule comes out usually in July and we start doing going on with single ticket sales. So it's always pretty busy and, and, and buzzing with questions and people, but... When we're in season for Leafs and Raptors, it's definitely a lot more busy. We have, you know, game nights almost almost every day. There's It's either a Leafs night or a Raptors night or a concert. So we're pretty busy there, but we don't have to be at every single game. That's not kind of what our role entails. I am there quite a bit because I want to meet my members face-to-face. And that's something that I think is important as a service rep to, you know, put a face to a name and get to know people but 
yeah, we can be at games. We do have some cool experiences as well that as an account exec, you get to leave. Right now, I actually lead our member of the game and our ball kids and high five program. So I kind of run that program right now. And those are some really cool experiences we offer to our members. So like they get some cool merchandise, they get to get a tour of the building and, you know, see our shoot arounds and and on the leaf side, get some fist pumps. Obviously, all that uh, right now is not allowed. Every account exec kind of has a different project that they're kind of assigned to um, if they're kind of interested and want to take on that on the side. That's cool. So you talked a little bit about the season ticket holder packages and opportunities for those three teams, but you did mention concerts earlier. So what does MLSE do in terms of concerts? Yeah, we, we have a partnership with Live Nation. So we have our live business and we have a lot of concerts coming through our arena as well on those non uh leaps or wraps nights but as an account exec um it's just helping my members if they if they're reaching out they know something is coming if there's any way we have access to tickets sometimes uh sometimes we do sometimes we're able to help them but our live team mostly takes control of that but we're always just trying to help in any any way we can and uh last question here of segment two is there any part of your day at your work that you find a little bit more menial something that you kind of have to get done, but uh, it's not your favorite thing to do. And then maybe you talk about what your favorite thing is to do as well uh, with your job, which you kind of alluded to earlier. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll go to the favorite part first. Definitely being in the arena, definitely, again, getting to meet my clients. But we have so many events and so many awesome sports things going on. And I love sports. So that's exactly where I want to be. It doesn't feel like a job to me in those regards. It's just the way it is. In terms of things I don't love, necessarily love, I mean, obviously it's hard being, just doing some administrative stuff sometimes, but it needs to be done. I don't. I wouldn't say I hate it. It's a nice break sometimes. But yeah, right now the role during COVID has, has changed a little bit more to that administrative side. But it's been a nice break, you know, during the season, it's a lot of late nights and early mornings. And, you know, right now we don't have those. So it's a good time to like recoup. No, I appreciate that. I know there's always going to be some things that you really love and then some things you kind of know you have to hunker down and do. So that's awesome. And we're going to move to segment three here, misconceptions. In terms of being an account executive, number one, and then working for a major sports company, number two. What are some things you've heard about that you don't think are necessarily true or some people maybe uh, have certain views of it and you can maybe set those straight today? I mean, when I started in at Brock Sport Management, um, I believe there were six girls in my class. So it's definitely always been said it's, you know, it's a boys industry, it's men's industry. I definitely disagree with that. I mean, looking at our sales and service team, there there's a, a lot of females, a lot of athletes that work here, a lot of people that are highly involved in sport. So that's definitely something that when people say it to me, I just kind of laugh. And in terms of um, MLSC as a corporation, you know, I think a lot of people have that misconception that we're a greedy corporate organization but that's definitely not the case. Everything we do is so planned out and it's to ensure that our fans 
our true fans can be in the building and we do everything to ensure that they are having an extraordinary moment from the moment that they come in to to when they leave regardless of what the score is and because think back to the last game you went to do you remember what the score was or do you remember the experience you had who you were with the usher that was super nice to you, the concession stand person who brought the food to you or whatever it may be. Obviously, ticket prices are are not something we we can control in terms of, you know, they're valuable. People want to be in the arena. We only have 20,000 seats. There's a lot more people than that in the world in Toronto. And we do our best to make sure that tickets are getting into fans hands and you know we have a lot of different programs internally and you know we try and make sure we don't have ticket brokers that are buying up all our tickets or robots on the internet um there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that we are continuously working on to ensure the everyday person can come and watch at least raptors and tfc game okay last question here of segment three what are some things you didn't know before you got to working at MLSE and sort of doing the job that you have now? I really didn't know how many different departments, how many different opportunities that there were. I always just thought there was, you know, ticket sales. And I was like, what else would I do? But there's so many different facets. And obviously, I love what I do right now. But, you know, in the future, maybe that's something that I venture out to. But we have a global partnerships department that, you know, deals with all of our, our partners and activations. And we have our games, game operations, we have our building operations, we have food and beverage, we have some of the, the top chefs in Canada working in our restaurants. Yeah, there's just so much that encompasses it. And the MLSC Foundation, which is really important to me, I volunteer there and I I love absolutely what everything that MLSC Foundation is about, just providing sport and accessibility to sport for underprivileged youth. Um, and it's completely a nonprofit there. So it, it's free for these kids to come and play hockey when, you know, that's an ex- mm, at the launch pad. Yeah, yeah. it's expensive sport. Yeah. MLC Launchpad, sorry. That's where I volunteer at Launchpad. In corporation with the MLC Foundation. But yeah. I'm still learning. I've been there for a couple years now and I'm still learning about different people's roles and all the different ways we're incorporated into the community and as a whole business, it's a it's a big business. <laughs> for sure. And in terms of the hours, I think oftentimes people when they want to get into the sport industry, they don't realize what the hours might look like. So can you talk a little bit about um, sort of what the hours are non-COVID situation? It's definitely a grind in the sports world. Your passion and your willing to be there has to outshine the amount of work you're going to do, but it's all worth it in the end. And if you love sports, this is, you know, it is a small market. And with MLSC owning all of these teams, there's not as many employers in the professional industries if you're looking for professional sports. But yeah, our our days are nine to five in the office. Um, and then, you know, game time's at seven. So it, depending on if you're staying for the whole game, you know, you can have late nights. Um, but we have different events on weekends. Uh, so it is kind of as much as you want to put into it. In the beginning, I, I 
definitely overworked myself and and that's the important part is like don't burn yourself out but I think everyone needs to burn yourself out to know what that feels like it's no hard to push basically (laughs) yeah exactly exactly cool and so we're gonna move to segment four our last segment here rapid fire first question I kind of have a feeling I know the answer to this but we're gonna I'm gonna ask you anyways so name your top three sports teams of all time Okay, well, we got the Leafs, we got Raptors, and we got Toronto FC. That was easy. Alright, next question here. What's your favorite sports memory of all time? So maybe you were there in the arena or stadium itself, or you kind of watched it on TV with your friends, family, or or on the internet, whatever uh, that is. So what's your favorite sports memory of all time? Definitely, that's a hard one. But right now, the highlight has definitely been the Raptors championship game. It was not a home game, but we were all together as a team with a bunch of our members in real sports and just watching the last seconds roll down and just waiting to explode with excitement. It was just that month pretty much was my moment through the parade, through all the celebrations. Like it was just crazy to getting my ring with my name on it, which is like my pride and joy right now. It it was just awesome. Yeah, like I can I can hear and uh and and see the emotion there about that moment and uh that's pretty cool that is it that all full-time employees got rings or how how did that work do you uh recall? If you're a full-time employee during the the kind of the season and them winning then uh you get a ring, which is super awesome of MLC and you know, they just remind us how important we are to that success as well and just like filling the arena with our fans and Again, that's the important part is making sure that our fans are in the building and uh, we have our tr- those true passionate fans there. So creating the culture for the team, that's how I like to say I'm part of it. I, <laughs> I uh, get those excited fans in there so the players feel the excitement, the atmosphere, and, you know, that makes them play well. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So you're going to take some credit. We're going to move to some non-sports questions here. I'm going to give you one last meal to eat on Earth. You got to tell me the appetizer, main course, dessert, and drink that you're having. Okay. So it's definitely going to be something Hungarian. My family is Hungarian. Are you from there or are you born here? I was born here, but I knew Hungarian before English. Like, everything was Hungarian. Hungarian dance camp, Hungarian scouts, Hungarian European life. Hungarian soccer. Yep, yep. So it would probably be a chicken paprikash as the main meal, which is kind of like a dumpling and a chicken paprika kind of sauce with the chicken. It's just amazing. Beside that would always be like a cucumber salad. It's You always have to have something vinegary beside it just to help with digestion, but it's also just tastes great. (laughs) And drink would just be water. I love water. I don't really drink anything other than water. (laughs) <laughs> so water would be it <laughs> and uh what are you are you having anything for dessert or are you gonna add uh something else to it oh dessert we'll stick with kind of a hungarian classic we'll make it a dessert instead of a meal but uh we have our hungarian crepes which are called palacinta with nutella whipped cream strawberries the whole works that would be that'd be a great meal <laughs> Alright, question four here. I'm going to give you a chance to put on a concert in your backyard. You're allowed to book any band or artist in the world, living or dead. 
You got to pick three and the order in which they play. Okay. So, number one, Justin Bieber. I'm a huge believer. Number two would be Michael Jackson. Huge fan of his music. Yeah, just amazing. And the third would definitely be Backstreet Boys. Um, So, order, order. Let's see. We can open with the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, open with Backstreet Boys and then Justin Bieber and Michael Jackson would have to be together for the headliner. I don't know, it would work out some way. They would figure it out. Dance moves, music, everything. It would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Hype hype party right there. So we're going to move to question five. You gave some advice earlier. But what's the best career advice you ever received from either a professor, a colleague, or supervisor? Best advice. I mean, something that always sticks out when I'm asked this question is, no matter how small the task, put 100% in. Don't ever get to the point where you feel you're better than doing something. I think that's probably the best advice I say to anyone. You're never better than anything. You know, let's say even as an intern, you are asked to, you know, ship boxes or whatever it is, get people's coffee. You're showing that you're you're not better than anything. You're willing to work. And I don't know. I just still stick to that every every day. Whatever anyone asks me, I, it's not above me. So you're channeling some uh, inner Kendrick Lamar uh, being humble, it looks like. So there you go. <laughs> so uh, last question here. So you need to make believe right now that I'm going to give you all the talent in the world. So you can be on any team in any sport and any position. So I kind of have a feeling I know what team you're going to pick. But I'll be interested to see what position you pick, maybe. It has to be on like on the actual team. Because I, w- I was going to say I'm going to be the GM of the Leafs, but... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, you could say that, too. You could say that, too. Yeah, I guess you don't have to necessarily be an athlete. You could you could be the GM. Um, I would love to do that for the Leafs. I mean, when I started at Brock, like, I know everyone else's dream was that. That's funny. So that actually concludes our show here today. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Vanessa. If people want to learn more about you and kind of find you on social media, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, add me on LinkedIn, Vanessa Varga, or you can follow me on Instagram at Vanessa Varga. That's uh, Vanessa with two N's. I made that mistake earlier as well. So uh, just letting you know, I'm going to leave all that information in the show description. So if you want to find that out and uh, do kind of what she said about advice network, then uh, you can definitely do that as well. So Vanessa, thanks for coming on the show. Do appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for the next episode where I interview Dylan Freechild, an ultimate player for the elite level club team Seattle Sockeye and Team USA. Hear about Dylan's journey from middle school to elite level club ultimate and Team USA, as well as hear Dylan dispel some misconceptions about him as a player. As always, you can follow him on Instagram at Juan underscore and underscore only underscore sports and see some of my commentating highlights on YouTube at the channel Juan and Only Sports. Catch you listeners on the flip side. Peace.